Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is a sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 56th episode of the podcast on January 22nd, 2014. It sure is. We're getting close to the Super Bowl, less than two weeks away. Now, this is the only day this week that I'm in town, so we figured we'd, we'd turn out a podcast, even though it's a little earlier in the week, and so mm-hmm. we're on a shortened week based on when we've been doing these, but I think this is our last weekly one. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it should be. Two um, weeks, you know, we're going to cover after the Super Bowl, and yeah. we go from there. Um, yeah, I think, well, I think like, when our schedules were different, we, we used to do them earlier in the week, too, like, even Tuesday sometimes, right. so... Yeah, it really all depends, but since it's been a shorter week, uh, there isn't as much to talk about, but we'll still you know, turn out a podcast here for you. Um, and I'm actually doing some sports-related coverage down in Daytona Beach, Florida, which is where I'm going tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the 24 Hours of Le Mans, mm-hmm. or no, 24 Hours of Daytona, technically, which is yeah. an American Le Mans series race for performance race vehicles. So, I don't know. Viper's got a couple cars in it, so I'm down mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it should be, be interesting. Fun. And it's much better than the second coming <laughs> of the polar vortex. So <laughs> much warmer. Much warmer. I'm sure the people down there will be like, "Oh man, it's cold." I'm sure they will, <laughs> and they'll be like, "What is this? Good. Sixty, fifty degrees? Like, oh, it's like, oh my gosh, the other day it was in the forties. Whoa, calm down now." Well, I was in Albuquerque earlier this week, and it was, you know, the kind of like desert out there. It's not like the traditional desert that you think, but it's just very dry and rocky. Uh, and it was, it was, you know, freezing, like 32 degrees mm-hmm. in the morning, and then got up to high 50s maybe. But even when it got up that high, there were still patches of snow around, yeah. like in the shade. It was very strange to see. Like, <laughs> you should be melting. So then you got to come home to the awesomeness. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. I'm like, oh, it's, as far as weather's concerned, it's good I'm turning around tomorrow. But I only get a brief amount of time here, and mm-hmm. so we're podcasting. We're talking quick hits the past, gosh, was it five days or so in the sports world? <laughs> so uh, Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, he's been kind of mulling over the idea of how he might want to change the extra point rule in NFL football because he, he finds it to be too automatic. There's been like, what, 1,256 or something like that mm-hmm. attempts and only five were missed this season. He kind of has a point. And it does, you know, leads to some interesting discussion on, you know, what would you change it to? Yeah. What would, what would your first thought be on how to change that? Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. <laughs> hmm. I mean, as a former kicker. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of think that it's fine as it is. Mm-hmm. But that's just because I'm so used to it. Right. Um, but, uh, 
I don't know. I I just I almost kind of wonder like like if, if they like how they're deciding that like how, like how they decide if, if any kind of rule like how they decide if they're going to change the rule like who are the people that actually like vote on changing the thing? Yeah. That's what I never can figure out about any of these things. And and most of the time it's like smart things and I like I I kind of think that's cool what they did with overtime. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. You know, like because you know if you can take the ball the whole length of the field, then you probably deserve to win. Right. <laughs> you know, especially after going through an entire game. Um, I just, I still, don't, I don't, I'm not sure how they make these decisions and everything. So I'm sure you know the owners will vote on on all that, but they got to look at the statistics. I think anything that favors more two point conversions, I think, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a possibility you back the extra point up to a 30 yard field goal because kickers today, like that's should be more automatic. Yeah, you know, I, I saw you know some suggestions like. Well, 40, 47, you're like, no, no. I, I mean, the thing is, especially, you got to think of the time of the year that you play football. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot, really, a lot of times it's it doesn't have to be the weather itself. The, the kicker can just slip and completely, you know, still get the kick off, but not get anything behind it right. and mess it up. So I think that, especially when you get in the winter time, um, a lot of times, especially when it comes down to like field goals, if it's not within a certain distance and the weather's really awful, I sometimes wonder why the coaches even try it. Right. Like you almost have a better shot just to throw a, a deep pass. You know? And then you think of that, you know, Seahawks and Cowboys playoff game. Yeah. With the, the Tony Romo extra it, point hold. It happens. I mean, holders screw up too. It's mm-hmm. it's not. It's not automatic. It's a part of the game that people think is automatic, but it's not. When I was in high school, I missed an extra point. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. Oh, no, and that's something you openly admit. That was my first extra point ever. I missed it. Oh, okay. And I never miss another one. Well, there you go. <laughs> you learned and you processed. I used to, shape. like, I used to, it, they used to have the, um, and it's funny because, like, I knew people in the band, too, and they're always, like, Aim for my tuba because <laughs> they'd be in the stands like up behind oh, the thing. And there was one time where I kick it in the tuba, and nobody was up there. The tuba was sitting there, and I knocked it. Over. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man! And the band director yelled at me. <laughs> I wasn't, like, I wasn't trying. Not aiming for it. <laughs> Uh, and then awesome. one uh, one one other time, I um, like on a field goal, I hit the uh, like. Oh, what did it do? Oh, it hit it ricocheted off of somebody's hand that was like trying to block it. It went up. It hit like the top of the middle of the goalpost and then bounced over. Hmm. Boop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. So it's going to be interesting to see if anything comes out of that, whether you know, they meet up for rule changes or anything. Um, but, you know, I thought you mentioned it, that yeah. it's something that's being possibly considered, mulled about. But something else besides the, uh, oh, we should add more teams to the playoffs. Oh, jeez, yeah. 
Well, uh, preseason. <laughs> right. Yeah. More games in the season. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Uh, X Games are starting up the Winter X Games, but you also have the Sochi 2014 Winter Olympic Games that are their opening ceremonies on February 6th. So that'll be something we talk about when we come back in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Sean White, the famous flying tomato snowboarder winter sports star extraordinaire, uh, he first said he wasn't going to be in the X Games, then there's going to be rumblings that he was going to be, and now... He is not. He's going to prepare on the Olympics, but hey, there, there's your Winter Olympics drop right before yeah. <laughs> the event actually starts. Um, you know, there was something I was always wondering. Uh, we we have a a like a part of a person in our community, uh, and he like really likes um, SSX games. Mm. And I was wondering if if Sean White is in any of those games. <laughs> The other day, for some reason, SSX doesn't really go for it. SSX doesn't go for the the accuracy like of you know actual kind of borders. They more just create their own characters and go with that zaniness. If hmm. I recall correctly, I was just wondering that the other day because I was like, I think it was because I was watching some like goofy game where like they had like an actual like sports player in it, and they just looked really out of place. <laughs> well, if you want a game with Sean White and snowboarding. There's a Sean White snowboarding game. That works. Probably, so <laughs> give that one a go. Uh, let's get into Red Zone, our three biggest sports stories from the past several days. It would normally just be the week in sports, but we're we're doing the show earlier this week. And it comes with the Australian Open at the 20-yard line, the tennis tournament. That Apparently, this is they consider this a 2013 Hmm. Version of the tournament, even though it's 2014 now, and that doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Um, but we're now in the semifinal stage of the tournament, and oh, I pulled up the wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> link. Um, so I got to, I got to see who's. The, oh, here we go. View bracket. Yeah. There should be men's and women. There we go. So in the men's draw, we have Rafa Nadal versus Roger Federer. Mm-hmm. Which is that's exciting to see that matchup, even though you know Federer is a bit past his prime. He's down the sixth seed, but he just pulled off a big win against yeah. Andy Murray. And I mean, they know each other well too. That's true. And we always want to see that matchup. It is always entertaining for sure. Uh, Thomas Berdich meets uh, Stan- oh gosh, his first name is mm. Stanislav. No. It just says S, but it's on the I don't I don't know. Who who beat Novak Djokovic and I was watching that match before I had to go to the shoot I was at yesterday. Hmm. Uh which that was a four forty five AM mountain time call. Hmm. But you know, I was it was in the middle of the fifth set uh, between these two and you know, the fifth set at the Australian Open it's like Wimbledon. You have to win by two games, and you know yeah. they were at, they were at five to five, and I had to leave. Like, no, <laughs> I want to watch the rest of this match. Uh, and Favrinka pulled it off. And Djokovic, you know, had played a good match, but Favrinka had, you know, been keeping it close in his matches with Djokovic, and so it was good to see him break through and finally get a win. And I think he might be able to beat Burdich as well. I think you know the momentum you know coming off of that with a not as strong opponent 
Mm-hmm. I think I think Vavrenka can take Burdich in that one. As far as Nadal and Federer, um, boy, I kind of like the way Federer is playing right now. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll pick Federer to come out of that draw. As we make the play our prediction development of the show. Who wins the men's and women's draw? I think some of these matches, Vavrenka, some of these long ones especially, you know, may take too much out of him and mm-hmm. I think as you know he continues in the in the tournament uh, it's just going to be adding more and more pressure it's good that he got over the hump but I think you know to get that championship is a whole other level yeah I mean like he, he definitely had a little I'd say like a harder draw to get there mm-hmm. too so he's probably a little more worn out uh, as it is so I think at the beginning th- of the tournament, I would have picked Murray to win. Uh, but yeah. I mean, who did he lose to? He lost to Federer. Okay, that's right. Yes. Um, all right. Um, hmm. I don't know. It just seems like every time I watch Nadal versus Federer, Nadal wins. <laughs> every time I don't watch, Federer wins. So, so don't watch. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> but so watch. I can be right. <laughs> um, I don't know. I again, like, I think it's, I think it's one of those things where, a lot of times you see like a lower seed, like they'll advance and then you know they'll upset some people and stuff. But I think by the time that they get there, their their route to get there is so much harder that they're just so much more worn down. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why usually. Usually when I get to, like, picking... This goes like this with, like, any kind of tournament thing. I usually go with higher seeds the closer you get to the actual championship because I think that just they're worn out, you know? Like, the the lower seeds are more worn out because they're they're scheduled to get there so much harder. Uh, So, and I mean, you know, Nadal better have a lot of history, but I, I think I'll go with Nadal just because I think that... You know, it definitely was tougher for Federer to get there than it was for him to get there. And then, you know, same with the uh, with the other round. I, let's see, I'm trying to think. Mm. I, and I think, like, if Nadal can get past Federer, it's not really going to matter who he plays. Right. No, I, I so, agree. I think pleasure. whoever comes out of that matchup is probably going to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the women's side of the bracket, you have Bouchard, who's a 19-year-old, and she's been surprising a lot of people. She beat uh, Anna Ivanovich, who mm-hmm. upset Serena Williams. Uh, really surprising to see. That was crazy. Really surprising to see Serena go down at this tournament. Uh, Bouchard's up against Lina. And then <laughs> Sibylkova <laughs> is going up against Radvanska. Hmm. And Ravanska beat Azarenka, who was the defending champion from the previous year. Yep. <laughs> those those names. Uh, give me Lina on this one. Uh, it's been a little while since she's won a major, but I think she's the Azan favorite uh, out of, to come out of this one. Uh, yeah, especially just she's been playing very, very well the past couple matches. And so continue that momentum against a younger, less experienced player. And you know, she, I think she could take Radvanska. Yeah, I, and like I, I think that 
it, it really sets up for her well, just because as long as she can get past as a Ronka, Ronka then um, really the, the rest of the seeds are so much lower because there were so many upsets along the way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, I, I think it's funny because I think if Serena Williams wins that first match, she probably <laughs> wins the whole thing. That's true. That That's just kind of how she is. She, like... It's really like her games lose a lot of the time, and uh, I mean, though it was pretty impressive. Uh, I didn't see that coming at all. I really, I I think the thing that's scary about her is it's like if if she doesn't play bad, then how does she really lose? Right. So, uh, yeah, I I, th- I think I'm gonna go same. All right. Get us through the uh, the ten yard line here. All right, let's see. And uh, they were talking about this today on SportsCenter. Yeah, which it's... I actually watched. <laughs> um, let's see. Where is the amount? Boop, boop, boop. It's right there. Um, Yankees are spending money <laughs> on season. Same old, same old. A lot old. of money. Um, I believe that. Tanaka is going to cost them. Let's see, one, one, one. Where is it? 155 million mm-hmm. is a seven-year contract. I believe yeah, it's, it's what they Ma- signed him for. Masahiro Sakurai. I mean Masahiro Tanaka. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Just oh, had man. to. Um, let's see. So, so this is you know the next pitcher to come out of Japan. Um, you know, you've had pitchers previously. You know, Hideki Arabu, Daisuke Matsuzaka, uh, the most recent success being Yu Darvish, uh, Texas Rangers pitcher. And so they're wondering if Masahiro Tanaka is the next big prospect. Uh, gosh, he went, you know, 24-0 with a 1.27 ERA in Japan. I believe. Pretty impressive stuff. He's our age, I think. Maybe, yeah. yeah. 25-year-old. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. If you get, you know, even 75% of that, that translates to, you know, a solid number two starter behind CC Sabathia. But, you know, Yankees spending a lot after they missed, you know, the playoffs. It's, it seems to be what they do. And after they did that in 2009, they went on and won a World Series. So we'll see what they can do with this one. Yeah, let's see. Where is it? 400... Seventy-one million, something absurd. Yeah, that's, I think that's what it is. Um, and last year, let's see, last year it was sixty-two. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently they got a, a big uh, TV deal, mm-hmm. which that helps you know bring in some more money. Uh, plus, you got to think of this as a kind of a business decision, and even more so than it would usually be in a way because you're bringing that attention into your clubhouse, not just, you know, across the United States, but in Japan as well. Uh, they'll watch. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, who was it? Um, didn't didn't um, Houston get a lot of ratings from Japan or something when they had uh, Yao Ming? Yeah. Oh, China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, let's see. It's interesting. I was just looking through uh, their what their rotation would be like. 
Yeah, we've got Sabathia, Tanaka, Hiroki Kuroda, Ivan Nova, and David Phelps. Hmm. Um, as far as the Yankees and their starting lineup goes, you know, because you have you know players retiring and all that. Uh, you, you have Brian Mechanic catcher to share at first. Brian Roberts, who they signed at second. Jeter's still at shortstop. You know, might be last year. Uh, Eduardo Nunez at third. Then it's Brett Gardner, Jacoby Ellsbury, and Carlos Beltran in the outfield. I I forgot that Beltran went to the Yankees, but that yeah. does make sense. You do have Ichiro as a backup there. You have uh, Alfonso Soriano. It'll probably act as the DH. That's right. No Robinson Cano. So where does that put the Yankees? We make the plan ask the question, will the Yankees win the AL pennant this year? What do you think on this one? Hmm. See, I'm trying to think what they're up against. Uh, I mean, Boston is your defending champions. Yes, yeah, that's. And I mean, I don't think. I, I'm. I can't even remember what Boston's already done in the off season, but. Um, you, you don't think there's going to be like too much drop off with them. Uh. Well, yeah, let's let's see where Boston's at. Um, AJ Przinsky, Mike Napoli, Dustin Pedroia, uh, Xander Bogarts, Will Middlebrooks, uh, Daniel Nava, Jackie Bradley Jr., but yeah, Shane Victorino in right. But yeah, the starting law of rotation: Lester, Lackey, Buckholtz, PV, Dempster. Uh, that's it's pretty damn solid. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that I mean that's even still without seeing the other teams. So um, I don't. Know, I, I still think it's gonna be an uphill battle for them. I, I still say Washington was just so good at scoring last year. It was like crazy. Right. No, that's that's true. I mean, hometown team here, <clears> but I say watch out for the Tigers. Uh, you know, they have they have some potential mm-hmm. as well. When you have you know that kind of pitching, that you, know, you can win a lot of games. And you know also there's there's Oakland still floating around there. That's a it's a dangerous team that you know is only getting more and more experience in in the playoffs with the team they have. Yeah, I so, mean you know like trying to trying to bring people in, it, it's not always an instant success kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think that it's kind of more of a project. Right. Yeah, money can't always buy a championship. It may have worked once, but <laughs> that's not usually are, are, how it goes. What kind of is like, are we talking about college sports now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would be not as funny if it weren't true. Actually, that's exactly why it's funny. <laughs> Oh, man. But let's talk football. Championship football Sunday. One of the greatest days in sports, and I was on a plane <laughs> during all that. Not just, not just one flight, mind you. I had flights at 3.45 and 6.35. Mm-hmm. That means I, I saw some of the beginning of the, the first game, the AFC Championship, at 3 p.m. Eastern time when it happened. I saw you know like the first couple drives. And then I missed the rest of it because of the flight, and 
Then I think I saw the national anthem of the NFC Championship game, but then missed all of that. Mm-hmm. Weird experience, though. I was trying to listen to games, or you know, try to catch them somehow. I paid fourteen bucks for a twenty-four hour pass to <clears throat> you know have Wi-Fi access on Delta, and they use this GoGo in-flight internet service. Worst. Wi-Fi ever. I know it's, you know, Wi-Fi on a plane, and it's still only a few years old for the technology, and there's the whole Louis C.K. bit of everything's amazing and nobody's happy. Like, you're getting Wi-Fi on a plane. But even in that bit, he says, you know, you're just watching YouTube and everything. I don't know if that's entirely accurate. I couldn't listen to streaming audio of the games without... It dropping every 30 seconds and just, you know, buffering. I did a speed test. The download speed that it came up on the speed test. And granted, it's, you know, from the sky down to what happened to be, you know, Dayton, Ohio was the ping point or whatever. Point zero one (laughs) megabits per second (laughs) down. It was oh, dreadful. Man. So, you know, I couldn't even, even though you know the games were live streamed and everything, could not see it from the sky. Could hardly hear it from the sky. But you know, the first one, something you know, the AFC Championship with the Broncos and the Patriots sounded like I've missed a flawless Peyton Manning performance. Pretty much, yeah. I, the only I was gonna ask, did you try the GameCast thing? I I did a little bit, and I think that was, I think I was after that I was just so frustrated by it that. <laughs> well, I I can barely stand to like look at the screen on those things because it's like you know the play is already happened, mm-hmm. and sometimes it screws up and tells you the wrong thing. And you're like, well, how did the other team get yeah. the ball? And it leaves you more questions than answers. Right. And, uh, ugh. man. So Peyton yeah, he, uh, I mean, yeah, it pretty much, uh, he just kind of executed everything. And I mean, Omaha, <laughs> Omaha, <laughs> because there were a lot of Omaha's. I'll tell you that. That's I don't think his... as much as the previous week though. Um, no, but still, um, I, I think the closer we draw to the Super Bowl, the more attention people pay to those kind of things. Well, you raise and, money for charity. For yeah. That, which is good too. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the, you know, uh, the, the their best cover corner, you know, went out with the injury, and Bill Belichick was questioning whether or not it was a dirty hit by Wes Welker. Yeah, I was on a keyed to leave, which it does make a difference. Yeah, I mean, it, it it does because he definitely can, you know, to an extent, play really well on one of your better players and limit them a little bit, and without him. There was absolutely no limited. Um, I mean, everybody was running wide open. Yeah. Pretty much. And it was just kind of pick and choose who, who Peyton wanted to throw to. Um, <clears throat> everybody, pretty much. I mean, uh, there were some really giant plays in the game. I mean, there was a point in the game where I think, I don't think they had second down. Hmm. He was throwing 20 yards every play. I mean, it, and then, it, you know. The third down know, conversions were incredible. Yeah, near the, the end of the game, you know, you can't leave the tight end wide open. 
across. Mm-hmm. You can't put a linebacker on a tight end who's very fast. And that's what they were doing, and it just was not working. It's true. And the Broncos were eating up play clock. Yeah, they ran uh, the ball long decently. Drives. And they stopped New England from running the ball. And I think that was a really big key because that was something that everybody wanted to talk about this past week is how successful they were running the ball. Um, and it was just absolutely shut down. They had to abandon it. And it got to a point where, you know, you want the ball and – Brady's hands, but there was just too much of a difference in the scoring. Uh, even when the game got close to the end of the game, that game wasn't as close as the score indicated. I mean, yeah, you think about really. it, and I, I did actually—I uh, tell you about—I did catch the last <laughs> couple minutes of the game because that was when I was in Atlanta for a changeover flight. Mm-hmm. New England gets that two-point conversion; they're eight points away. That's a one-possession yeah. game. Uh, Denver just did not. You know, capitalize as much on red zone opportunities. That game should have been yeah, really much been much wider of a point spread there. <clears throat> but but uh, you know, the, yeah. the Broncos are moving on. You know, best yeah. offense. You know, that gets gets to the Super Bowl. Though the NFC Championship game between the 49ers and the Seahawks uh, sounds like I missed a classic. I mean, <clears throat> for the longest time, it looked like San Francisco was going to go. To a place that not many people can go to and win, and just absolutely steal that game. Um, Seahawks could not do anything on offense, which really isn't that much different from what we've seen from them a lot of the season. <laughs> yeah, um, especially but, lately. Just you know, but I think what was impressive was the fact that you know the Niners were moving the ball against this defense that not many people have had success against, um, at least not until the fourth quarter <laughs> of the game. Yeah. Um, and uh, w- what ended up happening is that fourth quarter, just there were so many turnovers by mm-hmm. the, the Niners. And, I mean, there were interceptions. Caller, Ka- Colin Kaepernick was throwing it right to Seattle's defense. Like, I don't know what he was looking at. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the game ends with an interception. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean... You know, you can't Richard end the game Sherman, on those turnovers. Yeah. yeah, Richard Sherman. I mean, did what he was supposed to do. He he shut down one of the the you know better receivers out there, mm-hmm. and um, you know, of course, that led to apparently there was talking before the game and after the game. Oh, apparently, and, at a charity <laughs> event a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I, I think what's uh, the thing that was interesting is. With each of these games, we know that Seattle's defense is good. We know yeah. all these things. The thing that we're not sure about with this team is, you know, does Russell Wilson have control of this offense? And if they're not running the ball well, can they actually score? Yeah. And, I mean, the thing is, when it came down to it, uh, the turning point in that game was, uh, what was it? I'm trying to think of the play. Um, it was a fourth down play um, where Seattle went for it. Oh, yeah. And uh, just right down the middle of the field, wide open in the end zone for, for a touchdown. I mean, it was like a fourth was, and was 15 that the one, or something like that. Was that the one like they were considering going for the field goal? Yeah. And Hoshka said, like, you know, let's, let's not do that? Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was a long fourth down play. And uh, 
it would have been a pretty lengthy field goal. And, I mean, they just left him wide open down the middle of the field. And after that, I believe the next drive, uh, Colin Kaepernick fumbles. And they get the ball back again, and they I think that maybe they kick another field goal, and then he throws another interception. It was just yeah, they, the Niners ended up with you know, like I said, you fumble and then two interceptions in the game. Like that's that's choking. It, it really is because up until the fourth quarter, the Niners controlled the whole game. Though really. Richard Sherman on his his great play in the interception, uh, you know, going up to Crabtree doing the choke sign, it's a little, mm-hmm. it's not that classy, but. You can you can live with it. It's you know passion, the heat of the moment, and all that. Uh, then the post game interview with Fox's Aaron Andrews happened. Yeah, um, and uh, you could tell right away when they went up to when she went up to interview him that he was just his mind was not <laughs> there. He was up. still yeah he was still like he was still in the game. He was still ready to hit somebody or make a play or do something and just, you know, any of those kind of heat of the moment things. Um, you know, I think Pete Carroll was talking about it earlier in the week. Like he just wasn't, he should not have been interviewed in that time. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, they want to, they want to interview the person that made the play at the end of the game. And clearly he did, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, he, uh, starts talking about, uh, how, I'm trying to think what it even I, I think talking anymore. is underselling <laughs> it. He kind of goes WWE promo mode, you know, shouting hyped up at the top of his lungs. He needs to be on that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch that one. About how he's, you know, that's why he's the best in the league, you know. Can't talk to me, Crabtree, you know, don't, don't bring that. You know, so what happens when you play against the the best corner in the game? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Richard Sherman knows what he's doing. He's a smart guy. He went to Stanford and you know, studied communications. He was looking in the the camera. Mm-hmm. He was saying that he could have just easily been you know looking off anywhere at Aaron Andrews, who was surprised, by the way. <laughs> and it drew an interesting comparison actually that I was, I was listening to uh, some ESPN radio. We remember a few years ago with Bart Scott mm-hmm. and uh, the game uh, with where they played the New York Patriots, is the New York Jets at the time, mm-hmm. and they're about to play Pittsburgh, and he was uh, he was saying a lot of kind of similar things, very amped up just after the game. He he was going from genuflecting to doing a little airplane. Moving coming into the interview with Sal Palantonio <laughs> of ESPN, and you know, saying how you know, the Patriots can't you know cover, can't do all this stuff, and you know, it ends with the we'll see you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait, like and that's what people remember. Mm-hmm. But Sal Palantonio was kind of going along with it, you know, smiling, joking, you know, kind of just taking it all in stride. And so, you know, people see that as, as amusing. It was funny. It was an mm-hmm. interesting interview. People see this. They see the longer hair. They see, you know, a white woman kind of just being taken aback. Not really scared, but just kind of surprised that yeah, she it's was happening like that. that. Mm-hmm. And 
granted, you're also talking about in an age of Twitter being more prevalent than it was in 2011. But holy shit, the Twitter racists. <sighs> Unbelievable. The stuff that you know you saw coming out of that platform, mm-hmm. reacting to uh, that Richard Sherman bite, uh, and it, it's it, it's just awful stuff, really. Um, but it, it makes you think. You know, did the interviewer's reaction have something to do with how that you know post game interview is judged? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, if she had been, you know, she she kind of tried to laugh a little bit. And, um, you know, like, I still think, like, she did, for not knowing that that was going to happen, I think she did a fine job. She did she's nothing great, wrong. She's a great reporter. She did nothing and, wrong. Um, but uh, definitely seeing that kind of reaction would be different than if somebody had been laughing it up. Mm-hmm. trying to you know go along with the whole thing but i think that the uh i don't know i mean he was just he was so intense that it, it would have been hard to go along with it i think people um, perceive it as threatening they yeah. attach you know stereotypes negative and, stereotypes and a, a lot of people you know it, a lot of people no matter what you do um if if you're really into something and like you just finished doing that thing, you're usually pretty excited about it and you're like kind of in the moment and everything. So if you had to give an interview right after you did, I don't know, maybe you play a sport, maybe you do something and you just like won the game mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. I mean, heck, it could you it could be like you just beat like a really intense video game and you like dedicated so much time to it and everything. You're like pumped up after that. If you had to give, I I'm trying to think like a case where you'd have to give an interview after that. Hmm. I mean, probably like at Apex. Yeah, yeah Smash. <laughs> like I'd imagine trying to give an interview like right after that. You know, it's why they have you know the 10, 15 minutes or whatever of downtime <clears throat> before players you know sit in the press conference room so that they mm-hmm. don't say those kind of things. But you know the, these playoff games are different. They want to get you know the immediate <clears throat> reactions, and, and that's fine. He he very well could have just said, "I play to win." <laughs> <laughs> you play to win the game. Uh, but Joel, the most important part of this Super Bowl matchup is that we got it right. We did. <laughs> Back in our preseason episode before the regular season started for the NFL, we said that the Super Bowl matchup would be. The Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, granted, <laughs> you had Seattle winning the Super Bowl. I had Denver winning, so we will see who is right. Yeah. In the end, but it's still great that uh, you know, you know, we had picked those, you know, the different division winners and all that separate of each other. Now, some of the divisions, you know, of course, did not turn out the way that they actually did. Our predictions were not accurate, but the one that matters most, the Super Bowl matchup, it it did. Yeah, and it's interesting for me because as the like before this game's going on, uh, my sisters are texting me and they're making bets with each other because um, one of my older sisters lived in Boston for the longest time, so she kind of adopted the Patriots like 
while she was living there. And now she lives in D.C., but she still follows them. My other sister is out in school in Denver. Uh-huh. And so um, my sister that lives in D.C. now sent her a text, and I was just part of the group text, and I was like, how about we make a bet on this game? Because she's going to go out to see her soon, and they want to hit up all these bars while they're there. And she's like, okay, whoever wins this has to drive. <laughs> <laughs> so that means less drinking, yep, of course. Yep. And uh, I just thought it was really funny. And um, the, the, their agreements, either way, like what they wanted to do and everything... I think it would have been a win-win because they had like different plans for where they wanted to go and everything. But my sister who lives out in Denver, of course, ended up winning and she lives out there. So she probably has a better plan for like where That's to true. go. So I was like, ah, I think they'll be happy with that. Um, but uh, and then I had to tell I had to tell my sister, I was like, well, I've been rooting for Denver the whole time, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> up until this. But now just for prediction's sake, I have to root for the Seahawks. Right. You do. You gotta gotta stick by what you did. And likewise, I was you know, like, uh, there needs to be a foot of snow. <laughs> <laughs> <as they play. laughs> yeah, uh, that Super Bowl in New York. You know, make the play is who wins the Super Bowl. But in this case, since you know we were sticking by our our preseason predictions, gotta see it through to the end. Especially now that the matchup has come to be. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna go Denver as well. However. Uh, you know, listeners of the show may remember that last year I had predicted the Super Bowl matchup accurately as well, mm-hmm. being the 49ers and the Ravens with the Harbaugh, 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 Harbaugh. And I said that the 49ers would win at the beginning of the season. That was not what happened. Mm-hmm. So, if history is going to repeat itself, in that I will get the Super Bowl matchup correct but incorrectly predict its winner. Watch out for the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl, everybody. <laughs> and Joel will be right. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's a really good matchup. I like it a lot. It's great. Like, it's, I, you get all the stats there when it's, you know, the top defense versus the top offense. The top, you know, the, the two number one seeds. First time that's happened since yeah. you know, 2009. First time since 1990. Where the top scoring offense is going up against the top scoring defense. Yeah, you actually feel like you have the two best teams in the NFL um, compared to maybe one of the better teams had a bad game and got knocked out yeah. in the AFC Championship or NFC. You know, last year I really feel like, yeah, I really feel like, you know, those teams might not have been the best teams in their conferences, yeah. um, but. Yeah, they, I mean, they still put on a good game, and I think like that's more important than anything else. Whoever gets there is if both teams can just play how we hope they play. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it really brings up a big question, not just for Denver, but for Peyton Manning, because you know, as we probably said a lot of times, you judge your your quarterbacks on their success, you know, when it really matters in the playoffs. How many championships do you have? How many MVPs do you have? That kind of thing. And I think though, judging by the Super Bowl rings is really dumb. But yeah, I mean, it is. It, it is hard. A lot to, of people do it. Yeah, because it's not about who has the best quarterback. If if that if that was the case, we would have much different Super Bowls. Um, 
it's about who has the best team. This is a team accomplishment. And, you know, even the MVP stuff, you've got to have good players on your team to get those stats, that kind of thing. The guys that block for you, the guys that catch the ball, that kind of thing. Um, but it, it, it's how a lot of people judge them because it's if you look at all the quarterbacks that have two Super Bowls, we're not even talking about quarterbacks that have Super Bowls with different teams. That's crazy. Peyton Talk. Manning would be the first to do that. Exactly. <laughs> um, but quarterbacks with two, you know, two Super Bowl wins, um, Peyton Manning is stat-wise pretty much outclasses everybody. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that happens. And that's when I, I, I think a lot of people... That's why to them I think this Super Bowl is important because, oh, you can't put him with those other guys until he gets the other one, which is kind of a stupid thing because there are plenty of great quarterbacks who didn't win any Super Bowls at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you get, I mean, you look at all his MVPs, you look at all that stuff, he is certainly the one with the most pressure on him of any player in the entire playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I think for legacy and all that, that's, that's why I hope Denver wins. Mm-hmm. Though yeah, I'm not I mean, sure about my uh, prediction of Super Bowl MVP of Wes Welker. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe maybe he'll <laughs> maybe he'll take out Richard. <laughs> maybe he'll take out Richard Sherman with that that pick play. Oh, oh <laughs> Now, random question to to wrap up the show here. Super Bowl coming up in a couple weeks, and now you know we'll be having a, a big party in our newly finished basement area. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's almost done, but by then it'll be complete. Commercials oh. are a big part of the Super Bowl. Which ones are you looking forward to? Hopefully, no more. <laughs> Hopefully, no more of these. <laughs> strange uh like sexism sexism commercials hmm. like like i saw one the other day that was like about shampoo and it was like like a it was like a a woman like a woman's shampoo or a woman's soap kind of thing and this guy was like using the shower and his wife was like oh like you know that's for girls or something he goes out and does all these manly things afterwards and i was just like <laughs> why did you think this was a good idea it's like the dr pepper thing yeah like I, I don't really understand uh so so hopefully nothing like that i don't want any of that i'm not gonna buy your product <laughs> you know um i probably don't even watch the rest of your commercial so i just i don't know i really liked uh let's see last year um was the one with the library um Shoot, what was that commercial for? Can't remember. Was it Oreos, maybe? Must not have been that effective. It, it, I don't know. <laughs> See, I, I don't know. With good commercials, like I'm always like, oh, that's awesome and everything, but I'm still not going to... Like, I don't really care about your products. Hmm. I was like, that's really creative, but you didn't get the point across. Um, it had to do with like all these people going in the library and like making tons of noise and... I just it might have been a Doritos commercial. Maybe. Though I thought the Doritos was like a goat or something. It might have had a couple. 
Yeah, probably. And then they had the uh, the one with the, all the kids piling into the car for the... Uh, he was picking up all his friends to... Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. The pickup um, game, yeah. What else? What, which ones did you... I know that you had... You, you know, your company had a commercial. Right, so that's where you know, my bias comes. I'm looking forward to seeing what Chrysler Group mm-hmm. does. Um, <laughs> although I say Chrysler Group, there is the possibility that by the end of the month, the company is changing names. Mm. Because... And it's not like a secret or anything. It's, you know, the CEO, Sergio Marchionne, has said that in, you know, roundtables at the auto show that, you know, the two companies, Fiat and Chrysler, are, you know, trying to work things out and hash things out for uh, an eventual merger. Because, like, they've, they've been together in kind of an unofficial sense, but there have been these things from the... The bankruptcy and the government buyout and all that, there are some logistics that they still weren't officially together. It's, it's still a private company and all that. So at, at this uh, board of directors meeting at the end of the month, they may make certain decisions like that, which is before the Super Bowl. So who knows if that'll happen. But yeah, I so I'm looking forward to... Chrysler Group's uh, advertisements. Last year, they did a one for Jeep and one for Ram Truck. The Jeep was narrated by Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. And it's called Whole Again. Then Ram Truck was uh, called Farmer. And that was one with the different pictures. And yeah, I like that one. Paul Harvey, so God made a farmer. Yeah, they, they have the history of doing the really good Super Bowl ads. You know, the previous year before that was uh, Clinton Eastwood halftime in America and then you know, a lot of people remember the M&M one for, in Detroit for the, yeah. the Chrysler 200 hey, which, as long as he's not on uh, the game day game right but last year you know it was probably you can go back and listen to last episode they're like oh it's kind of a, a secret you know what? What are they going to do? And it's kind of the same way this year. Yeah, you know, we're not hearing anything of what's going to happen, even though we're in the the PR department. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it'll be a surprise. We don't know if it's one or two. We don't know which companies are being represented. I can honestly tell you, I'm going to be just as surprised as you are. So, but I'm looking forward to those. Um, hmm. Pistachio always does a weird one with some celebrity. I think Stephen Colbert is this year when yeah, they last had year was the Psy. Yeah. Wasn't the cracking nuts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that was uh, that yeah. makes me want to get far away. Which makes you think, yeah, the nut job that animated movie with all the squirrels, mm-hmm. like that. Those trailers look terrible. and so not funny. Like a, a dog shaking its butt and then Gangnam Styles playing, like. This is 2014. Uh, that song was popular at the end of 2012. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Uh, so Super Bowl. Really excited. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll be in the, town, so hype. <laughs> I, I think the uh, the spread is 
it's been changing a lot. Yeah, I think it uh, Broncos are favored by three. Yeah, last I heard it was Broncos by two and a half, but um, let's see, over under is forty seven, mm. I believe. Which, depending on the, I wonder how much that changes the closer we get to the game and the weather forecasts. Indeed, that's that's going to be the big thing, and uh, something else to keep an eye on is going to be on our our website at showmeyournews.com and our forums, but you know, also on our front page. Every year, I put together a prop bet game mm-hmm. that we you know, do at our, our party that we have for friends and all that. But I'm going to put out the list this year of the questions so that you can participate at home and make your predictions and see how well you do. So that'll be fun this year. Keep an eye yeah, out for and we that. Yeah, can, we can talk about your results. Absolutely. After the Super Bowl. That'll be in a couple weeks' time, though, so we'll be off next week, and we'll see mm-hmm. you back for the big game. Enjoy the game. It's the end of football until next fall. Yeah, get make some awesome dip or something. Just, you know. There you go. Just, yeah, get, like, even, you know, there's something for everybody. <laughs> this is Super Bowl. Make some good punch. I know plenty of people that don't even live in this country that are interested in it just because of the weird things. They they think it's like a weird American thing. It's so a I, television I, yeah. event. It's there's a lot to and I yeah, I I really think that the prop bet idea is a really good way to get a lot of people interested that might not be. And you know, even if you don't watch the game, you can watch all the commercials and sleep during the game. <laughs> Probably one of them will even be what color of Gatorade will be poured on the winning coach. Was there Gatorade poured last year? I don't think so. Hmm. So, clear. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. Hope you enjoy the weekend sports. Super Bowl!